0: Mom, Dad, you should shop Amazon for back to school and save some money. See, I'm currently obsessed with superheroes and need all the superhero stuff. Superhero launch box, superhero backpack. But next year, it'll be something else. Maybe dinosaurs? I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. But I can tell you not to spend a fortune and shop low prices for school on Amazon. Okay, good chat. Amazon, spend less, smile more.
1: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at
2: capella.edu.
1: We are live from the Transworld 2023 conference in Orlando, Florida.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing conference. You can hear it in the background. It is buzzing here. We have over 300, almost 400 people here. Wow. It's going to be an incredible couple of days. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and
3: sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to the Deal Board, presented by Trans World Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are tired. (laughs) We just had an amazing conference. And today's episode is uh, hearing from some of those folks. Uh, But we wanted to get, and we have like a little bit of an intro. Uh, So uh, when we talk, uh, when we were at the conference, so a few things. Number one, it was a little loud in the room. Uh, so there's a little bit of background noise, but it's not bad. It, it, I, I don't think it was as bad as I thought it was. And we, we seem to be shouting into the microphones a little bit. So, uh, but it's, a, you know, it's a great, there was a lot of takeaways from the conference. And, you know, Jessica, what was your biggest takeaway from the conference?
1: Well, I mean, aside from the fact that a lot changes in 12 years, right? So it was really funny. Um, and we, we talked about this, a few of us standing on stage, um, you know, and just looking at the crowd, right? And thinking back about, I think my first conference is back in 2013. And we we're in like, this little room in Chicago, right? And we just celebrated and we just did a whole series about the history of Transworld and Transworld's 12 years for franchising. And then standing up there and seeing, what was there, 400 people in the room this year? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was just electric, right? And I think so, like, that's probably one of my biggest just generic takeaways is a lot can change in a business in a decade Right. You hear that saying is that you overestimate what you can do in a year, but you underestimate what you can do in 10 years. And it was just incredible. And the energy was incredible.
2: Yeah, it is awe-inspiring. Uh, standing up on stage, like you said, getting up there and there's 400 people in the room and they're all, you know, flying the trans world uh, banner. And, you know, there's been some great things on social media. If you haven't checked them out, uh, Uh, Whether it was the group picture that we all took in the lobby of the of the Renaissance when we were up in Orlando, or it was the pictures from our event at the House of Blues. I mean, renting out the whole House of Blues and uh, having a great night there is, you know, those kind of things are, you know, once in a lifetime. And, you know, hearing from our franchisees from across literally the world uh, is kind of the subject of, of this episode as well. Uh, but you know, I think uh, we could also take a step back and just talk about the generic state of the economy. You know, we've been predicting over the last few episodes talking about interest rates being higher and talking about the SBA's SBA uh, bankers kind of cranking down on on their on their on their financing and their terms and you know whatever their valuations are. But I don't know. There's so many banks in the room.
1: Yeah, it's it was crazy. That was another big takeaway. It's like it's really not like. Look, it's it's normalizing. We're not still climbing um, in terms of you know an industry. There's there's definitely like I, I think we hit the the I wouldn't say max, but the top. We're like at the top, but like it's still cranking, right? So it's super interesting that. And I know you know I can't speak for the Fed, but I know they're they're probably frustrated with, with this. We're not, right? But no matter what interest rates are doing, like businesses are still getting sold and businesses are still getting sold for good valuations. And we see with our clients, there's a lot of businesses that are still doing really, really well. Um, the franchisees of Transworld and Transworld as a whole included.
2: I, I don't know what it is, but literally this morning at our sales meeting uh, here in Florida, we had two sellers. One passed away right before the closing oh. and one is in the hospital uh, right before the closing where, you know, both situations where, uh, significant others have had to step into the, that situation and try to sell it. And I don't even know what the implications are with the estate of the one business owner, whether or not the wife was, or the significant other was on the, on the paperwork. Uh, but it'll just, it it just kind of shows me that business owners out there, you've hung on too long. I mean, you've hung on too long. And there's still an amazing opportunity. So that's one big takeaway from the conference: is that you know the, the rumors of the of the business sale marketplace dying this year are not. It's not happening yet.
4: No, I mean, it it's might, not it might
2: catch up a little bit, but
1: it might catch up a little bit. And I, I mean, like we've we've talked a little bit too, is that there there is the perception. I think the the only thing really hurting the market is the perception. Like we do have buyers coming in and thinking like, this is, you know, the next coming of 2008 or worse. And, and the reality of the situation is, is it's just not, right? So yeah. everything's um, going really well, right? The mis- yeah. business market is going really well. And we've got a ton of content that we still have to come out. Um, we've done some of some of them um, with Shane Hall with some of the new changes to the business for sale market um, that are really going to be beneficial to all business owners that I think it's just going to take the whole marketplace in a new direction. And, and I know you and I are working on how, how is that going to work out and how can we communicate that? But there's a lot of huge opportunities um, for business owners in the future too, in terms of how to sell their business, how much of their business to sell, just a little teaser, but there's just a lot more opportunity than I've ever seen before. And Andy, I'm sure um, you as well
2: yeah, that was hot at the conference. Right. Right. That was the next hot topic was the stock sale compliance law that got passed. And, you know, we just sold the business again this morning. One of the business sales turned into a 70% sale and we did the deal and we got paid and guess what? No harm, no foul. I mean, you know, certainly no, uh, there was complete clarity that that was legal for everyone uh, to do. And we didn't run a foul of the SEC regulations. So Uh, While things are getting more complicated, I think one of the other things that happened during the conference was the talk that everybody needs to get back to basics, which is kind of strange.
1: Yeah, it's kind of strange, but it's it's a theme I've heard generically throughout small business and, and entrepreneurship the last, you know, I'd say like six to 12 months, right? It's just getting back to basics. There was this whole, you know, COVID pandemic, virtual reality, almost business world for the last two years. And now that we're past that, a lot of the basics that had worked in starting a business, growing a business, um, previous to all that is is working again. Things like uh, networking, getting face to face with prospective clients, and you know your referral partners. There's a lot of talk about that, um, and yeah, it's 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 really. I I don't think it's interesting. It makes sense, right? It's like okay, that's like what like a duh moment, right?
2: Yeah, I think what we're seeing is a lot of businesses as they've, you know, grown during this pandemic phase or had to make adjustments, right? So they're now readjusting, right? So I had one business that had too much inventory, right? Mm-hmm. So they, yep. during the during the uh, you know issues with uh, supply chain, they just decided, all right, we need to carry three times more inventory. Well, guess what? The prices of the commodities have come do- down. So the inventory that they have on the books is really expensive inventory. Yeah. They're running a, you know, like a, I said, well, you guys just need to change the FIFO and your P and L look better, yeah. you know? Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, LIFO. LIFO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that, you know, I don't want to uh, confuse too many people, but uh, the other thing is that, you know, since it, uh, inf- inflation of both, you know, prices have gone up and so is labor and now that interest rates have gone up, I see a lot of business owners now having to buckle down. And I think this was part of the topic at the conference is everybody's looking at their PNLs and saying, all right, we need to manage our PLs anymore. We're not getting free PPP money anymore. Yep. We're not, we're, we're not, we're not being able to charge more money. All of a sudden the prices are coming down and everybody's trying to react to that. So like you said, back to basics, it's like you have to run your company again.
1: Yeah. And and, uh, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like, I mean, we are going to talk about some innovative stuff too that came up, but a lot of it was like, Hey, what worked in 17, 18, 19. And let's go back to that playbook. Right. The inventory is a great point. Um, Another thing we've seen a lot is that, you know, online advertising has gotten super expensive and competitive because during the pandemic, everybody thought everyone was online, which they were right. But now people are coming off their computers, off their phones, they're reattending these networking events and things like that. And there's more advertisers online. So it's just adjusting your strategy. Um, So it's back to basics, but it's just, you know, as business owners, we have to be flexible and adaptable to the marketplace That's part of what makes us successful. Um, And it's just reanalyzing what the current strategy needs to be in your business.
2: Yeah. And while that was all going on, the other big topic, which you teased a second ago, was chat GPT. I mean, everybody's kind of like pulling their hair out, uh, trying to figure out, and I've already done that, but trying to figure out exactly how to use it in their business. And certainly the first step seems like content creation is the easy thing, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, AI, like look, AI is going to change the world. Um, We don't, know how yet though. You know what I was thinking about is we did, it's about this time last year, um, I interviewed um, a tech um, innovator uh, named Pascal Finette. He was on our show. So right. if you guys go back and listen to that, he talks about, and he's an expert in futurism, right? And he talks about when a new type of technology enters the marketplace. It's really funny because this was like a year ago and we didn't even, Pascal and I didn't even talk about AI, right? So that's how quickly things can change, right? But he talked about how you can vet how to use it in in the business. And he talked that the first stage when something emerges, you have all these people rushing to figure out how it's going to work. And it's not really until not even the second stage, but the third stage of the technology where it matures enough that you're able to use it. So there's a lot of ideas out there right now. We were just talking about some of the ideas, but I think the greater theme theme for me and what it made me think about this AI conversation is about innovation and experimentation and how important that is as a business owner, right? It could be with AI, it could be with some of the back to basics that we talked about, but staying not just ahead of the curve, but just trying something different in the business. Yes, do the basics that work, but like, you know, spend 10 or 20% of your time just figuring out, does AI work for your business and how can it work, right? So there's a lot of conversation around that.
2: Yeah, I met with a company while we were there talking about AI and uh, ChatGPT. And they said to me that they feel that there's probably about a 36-month window where maybe you could gain an advantage over your competitors using AI, but everything will just kind of catch up. And one of the other interesting things they said was, something that may be too expensive to do with chat GPT now, uh, because it's just not up to speed two months from now could be inexpensive.
4: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, crazy. Like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy.
2: It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, but there's, so I think there's a lot. Yeah, you, you know, know, that was definitely the buzz talk at the mm. conference. And then, uh, you know, of course, you know, you were celebrating your 10 years uh, with your team and there was all kinds of awards. And then, you know, Transworld just won a bunch of awards and, uh, you know, Jennifer Fox won CBI of the Year, which I thought was a really nice award for her to get. Uh, but, you know, just taking home the trophies was was really nice. You guys, uh, again, in Colorado and Texas, uh, won number one franchisee of the year again, MVP. Uh, but it, w- it was a, just a nice event.
1: It was a nice event. And it was it was really inspiring to see how well people have done and some of the new franchisees that have grown really quickly. I was also reflecting and I was like thinking about when we first created the ward for the the first million dollar office, which I think we got in like 16 or something like that, right? And thinking about, you know, we joined the, the franchise in 13, took us three years. And then I was looking around the room and watching these franchisees that it now takes them a year, maybe two years for some of them um, to get up to that million, multi-million dollar level. And it's just, it's really inspiring.
2: So yeah, we, we just celebrated in the Bahamas and uh, we had our top offices there. And again, like you said, it would, they were from all over the country. I mean, it, you know, it's just not one or two offices anymore. It's, you know, literally a couple dozen now that were eligible to come and they, you know, many of them were there and it, it was just nice. And some of them have it, like you said, have not been in business before. And we did interview some of them for this show and you're going to hear from them in a, in a few.
1: Yeah. So what we've got planned for you today, Andy did mention, we recorded some live interviews. I think the loudest part is probably going to be us, right? <laughs> because it right. sounded it sounded loud to us, but the the mics that we've invested in, fortunately, yeah, keep the background noise. Great mics, right? Shout out to Roadcaster there. Um, but... Uh, it's it's some great interviews. You get to hear some different voices, different stories about um, how they've launched their businesses in their areas across the country.
2: Yeah, it's a great show. Uh, buckle up, listen in, and uh, we'll see you next time.
1: See ya. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm, with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome to the deal board, everybody. We are live from the Transworld 2023 conference in Orlando, Florida.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing conference. You can hear it in the background. It is buzzing here. We have over 300, almost 400 people here. It's wow. going to be an incredible couple of days.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a fantastic year, fantastic couple of years from not just business brokerage, but Transworld, business advisors especially, huge growth, huge success, um, and it's just, just fun to be with the whole Transworld family this yeah, year. Yeah, listen,
2: we thought Denver was big. And, I know, Oh right? my God, like we're probably like 25% even more than that, so... We are looking forward to a great conference. We're going to be interviewing a bunch of people. We have some great deals of the week and listings of the week for you. It's going to be a great show.
1: Yeah, today today's show is really a good like touch on the market. You're going to hear from brokers from all over the country, different listings, different opinions. How they
2: got started. Yeah, I mean, how they,
1: that's right. Time. We're going to ask them how they launched their area, what's going on in their area. So really great overview. No matter where you're listening from, U.S., international, you're going to get value out of today's show. Yeah,
2: hang in there. This is going to be a great show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are talking launching your area. And there's no one more that I wanted to talk to than (laughs) JT Tatum of Transworld Business Advisors of upstate South Carolina and western Asheville, North Carolina. Yes, And he is uh, the man uh, on many levels. You're about to hear why. But JT, welcome. And let's just talk about, you know, listen, you're in a second
5: career and you decided to launch Trans World. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks, Andy, for the invitation to be a part. And of course, you know, I love being a part of your brand and the business that uh, Transworld has built up with the help of United Franchise Group and the franchising side. But you guys were in the Business of selling businesses long before you got into the franchise world, but thirteen years ago now, I think it is uh, when you first you guys first kind of kicked this thing off. Yep. And uh, what was really interesting for me, as you said, it's kind of the second career. The guys at United Franchise Group keep saying, "Oh, how's retirement?" And I keep saying, "If if this is retirement, put me back to work, okay?" Because <laughs> uh, launching a new business, uh, whether it's a franchise or an independent, or you're taking over an existing business, there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done and uh you know the benefit of the franchise side of course is all the systems are put in place and you you just kind of follow that roadmap that they give you but you still got to do the work uh but that was the that was really the the challenge and the kind of the, the 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 um the attraction for me is I had spent 30 plus years helping other people get into business build a business eventually sell a business with our with our franchising uh, from Cinerama to Embroider Me Now Fully Promoted, and then Billboard Connection and, you know, The Great Greek and John Smith Subs and eventually Transworld, as you know. Um, and so after 30 some odd years of helping other people do it, I thought, you know, I'd really like to do that for myself. Uh, but of course, watching Transworld join the family after all the success you guys had individually and independently, and then becoming a part of the franchise just made it really, I, I thought it would be easy to go into the sign business. I know that already, but where I wanted to be, that was really the the, the key piece for my wife and I were, um, it wasn't so much what I wanted to do, but where I wanted to do it, which was upstate South Carolina and Asheville, Western North Carolina. My daughters were there, my grandkids were there. So that was, you know, when the queen is happy, there's peace in the kingdom. And mama wanted to be in (laughs) where where the grandkids were. So that made it easy to make that decision. And uh, the, the Transworld brand had not yet really penetrated the Greenville, specifically Greenville East market at that point. So that's kind of where we, where we landed. Um, but what was really helpful for us was being able to launch the business following the Transworld prescribed plan. you know. And when I first did it, someone said, are you going to go to training school? And I said, absolutely. I, I want to go through the same exact steps as every other franchisee. And I don't want to assume that I know something that I don't know. And so your team was instrumental, really, in laying the foundation, giving me the game plan. Here's the process that you go through. And, you know, you start with yourself and maybe one other person, but the program says hire some agents and then get some administrative and marketing staff. And so slowly, that's what you do over time. And that's what we've done. And, uh, and today, we, you know, we have the three really offices, three physical locations, one in Asheville, Um, In Biltmore Park, and then another in Spartanburg that we just opened last year, and then our main office, the original office, is in Greenville, South Carolina. So,
2: that's awesome. I, you know, it's funny. uh, You've helped launch thousands of people. What was different from watching others do it versus you doing it yourself?
5: Uh, That's a great question. You know, because when when it was on when the shoe was on this foot when we were on the franchisor side. Um, and, and going back to 86, starting the very first signer on the store, you know, I, I think I was part of that and seeing how do you establish a brand new location and the marketing that needed to be done and then producing the product and pleasing the customers, et cetera, et cetera. But what was different for me then, and I'll get to the second part of the question, was then we had to create all the systems. We didn't have the systems. You know, We were in that mode. Uh, in that first year or so in the Farmingdale in New York store, and then we launched the North Palm Beach store, it was still defining and deciding and understanding what the systems were going to be so that we could then capture all that and make it so a new franchisee could open in the Cinerama brand. Um, but then when you start, you, you, you go to training school and you go through the process because we're, as the franchisor, we're following a prescribed set of steps to get that new franchisee open. And they're doing a lot of the the work, you know, it's the simple things you got to set up a, a a corporation and you got to get a federal ID number and then you got to go and open your bank account and you got to find the electric company and the phone company and all those things. But again, as UFG, they had put all of that together in a system and said, this is what you do. This is the order that you do it in. And that's what we had done for 30 years, helping other people do do that. But we were helping we were giving them the direction they were doing the execution. When you become the franchisee, they're giving you the direction now you're doing the execution. that's the that's the different part, you know you're you're on the other side. And it gave me a great appreciation, Andy, that I didn't always have before for what a new entrepreneur goes through. Um, it's It's one thing when you're the coach and it's another thing when you're the player on the field executing the play. And that's what I became. I became the player on the field instead of just the coach on the sidelines. Um, but it's been great. It's It's been a great experience. And it's, it, I think it's helped me help you guys to a degree. I don't know if I'm saying that the right way, but you know, I still kind of wear that franchise or hat as I do the things I do day by day to give feedback back to your team to say, Hey, you guys might want to consider this, or I see that. This has been beneficial for us. You might want to pass that along to the rest of the team. And that really is the power of the franchise model anyway, is that it's not just one person's way. There's so many best practices that other offices are doing that we can all share with each other and shortcut that learning curve of having to figure it all out on your own. So yeah. I don't know if that answers the question or not, but yeah, going from coaching to playing, is a, it, That's that's the major difference.
2: Yeah, usually it's the opposite way way around. Usually, you play then you coach, and you've <laughs> that's done exactly, both. Yes, obviously, exactly, exactly
5: right. Exactly but you right. know,
2: I, I, I think it's an interesting perspective, and you're absolutely right. You you have been a huge asset to us. Uh, we appreciate uh, when you come through training and give us pages of notes, and go through meetings and give us pages of notes, and that's yeah, you know, no, extremely helpful. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's why um, I'm kind of ed- ending this podcast with your interview for this uh, specific reason. <laughs>
5: So, I guess you know, it depends I, on what what end of the receiving end of those notes you are, because yeah. I know that there's some meetings, and I can see people looking at me going, "Oh, he's writing stuff down again." <laughs> but, you know, it's all intended to help make the whole system better. And I think that's what every franchisee in our system wants to do anyway. And okay. so they're all really willing to share their feedback and their 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 observation and their best practices, what's working best for them, so yeah, i'm I'm never
2: afraid of those meetings. I'm about to go on the road uh, to visit a bunch of franchisees. And I know when I get in a room, I'm going to get like feedback, especially when I'm yeah. one that's not going to be something they would say in public, and that's good. I mean, yeah, I enjoy is. that, and uh, I think the best ideas come from those kind of things and that critical feedback. And so, you know, and it obviously goes both ways, right? So the yes. you know if you're out there in the world and whether you're a franchise or not a franchise, you know, you need to have those mentors or you need to have that source of critical kind of thinking and having, uh, being able to be criticized. So with that in mind, you've seen thousands of franchisees start up a business. Uh, You've been involved with many business owners now that you're with Transworld. What do you see as some things that business owners don't do or should be doing that they're mm. missing out on that, you know, mm. we're talking about launching your franchise, a, a, a launching an area or launching a franchise or launching a business. There are people that are obviously not successful in that. Perhaps the majority right. are not successful in that. And why don't you give us a few reasons why, you know, you think
5: they yeah. are? Okay. Well, that's That's a great question, really, especially because most people that- listen to the podcast here are at some stage they're either in it or they're about to get in it. So that's, that's really good. And I want to go back to something you were saying earlier, that critical thinking or that, you know, critique really is more than what it is. It's not necessarily meant as criticism, but Hey, this is a way to get better. But I had a, a mentor of mine for a long time coach shoe. And he used to say, JT, you know, the feedback is the breakfast of champions. It's not Wheaties. And I thought, yeah, he's right. If you don't get that, then there's you 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 can't see where the problem is because you're in it. And that third party outside giving you that feedback gives you clarity, okay? So like today, as we're talking, I'm in a session where I'm doing some some uh, coaching of, of guys that are in business now and, and um, development of them uh, because I think that's an ongoing piece that has to happen. A lot of times entrepreneurs go at this like, okay, I've got to do this on my own. And again, whether you're getting into a franchise, which is a good reason to, to look at franchising because you got a whole support system and team behind you and you're not doing it on your own. But even if you're taking over an existing business where someone else has put the you know those systems in place, having mentors, having third-party people, both in the company and yesterday, the guys that I'm coaching, we were talking about who outside of the, of the work of the organization is mentoring you. Especially that guy or gal because they've got a completely different point of view. They're not in it every day, so their filter and the way they see things is completely—it's completely, it's, it's completely um, objective point of view because they have nothing else that would be um, clouding their judgment based on the way we do things. Okay, so I think one of the first things you have to do is going in is knowing. That you've put up a system together of people inside the organization who can help you, and also having some critical outside people who can who can look in and give you some feedback. That's that would be the first. The second thing, and this has always been true, even in the franchising world, with you know the United Franchise Group family is sixteen hundred locations in eighty countries around the world. Those are the people who are in business now, but some of those people have you know, bought the business from someone else. So it it arguably could be three or 4,000, 5,000 people that we've put into business over 30 some odd years. And one of the first things is, you know, putting a plan together. And that sounds simple, simplistic. I got to have a business plan. But what the mistake I see most people make is they put a plan together and then they stick it in a file cabinet and they never look at it again. And that's why go through the exercise short of, well, I have to have a business plan to get funding, Okay but that that should be coming out all the you know on a frequent level let's not say all the time but frequently going back to okay this is what i said i was going to do how am i doing on that um one of the exercises we went through with the guys yesterday was all right well it's now june of 2023 and you're coming to halftime what were the goals you set out for yourself this year and on a scale of 1 to 10 where are you on each one of those and that shouldn't just happen halfway through the year or at the end of the year that should be there should be a temperature check happening, you know, on a monthly basis. Like, am I on track? And if I am pat yourself on the back and keep going, if you're not, what adjustments do you have to make to get there? Um, So, you know, you can't just say I'm, I'm buying the business, put a plan together and then just go at it and never come back and say, am I on track with what, with what I'm doing? I think that's a, that's a critical piece and a mistake that I see a lot of people make. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Like, you know, I went through that whole process and put it together in the first year, you put your head down you got your blinders on and you're so focused on going forward that you stop you don't stop often enough to kind of say am i going in the right direction still <laughs> because right. you know if look if you're if you're a pilot and you set out on a journey and you're off by 1 degree but you're only going 100 miles no big deal you're going 10,000 miles 100,000 miles and you're off a degree, you're going to wind up in a place very far different than you set out to at the beginning of the journey. So right. you need to keep checking heads, wind speed, tail speed, all that, you know, all that, all uh, tailwinds, et cetera, all that stuff is going to have an impact on you. And that's the same in business. There are going to be things that are going to happen, COVID, employee issues, inflation, whatever, that could supply chain issues that could change the trajectory of where you're going. And if you don't react to those things by continually looking at those compared to your plan, then you'll probably make a mistake.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you a 1000%. Have a plan. um, And I I, and check the plan as you're executing. But you know, a lot of times, I think, uh, and I I, I haven't talked about this this much today, but I've talked about it before, is a lack of execution. I mean, just oh, yeah. Getting out of the bed. I mean, you know, yeah. like just, uh, you know, at some <laughs> point, you know, uh, my a partner of mine, uh, or early partner of mine, uh, wrote his thesis on uh, what did he call it? He called it uh, opportunistic entrepreneurialism, or something like. Like he 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 thought that long range planning was kind of BS because if you're an entrepreneur, you really have to react and move quickly. Right. And so, and, 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 you know, like I took whatever, you know, it was an interesting thesis, but you know, I, and I think in practicality, there's, there's a balance there, but you know, what, you know, what I always see is, you know, some people have paralysis by analysis. So there's
5: a balance yeah. there, right? Yeah. Well, because as an entrepreneur, new opportunities are going to come your way. And you can't, if you can't be so dogmatic that, no, I can't do that because it's not part of the plan. And maybe that's what, you know, part of his thesis is. You have to be opportunistic when that opportunity comes along to say, how, how does this help me get where I'm going? One of the things we're going to talk about today with our guys is this is, I'm a question guy. Like I question a lot of things in my head. Like, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Here's, here's a popular question in my mind, right? Is what I'm about to do going to move me closer to or further away from my goal? It's not complicated. Every decision I make all day long, am I going to watch that Netflix streaming movie or and binge or am I going to do something productive with the time because that two hours once it's gone it's gone I can't get it back right right and that's not to say you can't have fun and you can't schedule and 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 do those entertainment things but is that going to get you what you're looking for right is my activity today going to get me closer to achieving my business goal and if it isn't then why am I doing that? You know, and again, I'm probably oversimplifying it, but it's that's a temperature check for me each day. Like, okay, these things I put down on my list, are they going to get me where I need to get to? When I put my head on the pillow at night, am I going to feel good about those decisions that I made and the actions that I took and executed on? Or am I going to go, ah, I didn't get that done. I really wish I had done that instead. I don't want to live a life of regret, Andy. You know, I want to I want to live a life on purpose. I'm, I like to be very intentional about what I do. And, um, and the last thing I'll leave you with is don't lose the intensity. So again, today we're talking to these guys about intense, being intensely intentional and being intentionally intense. And those are two remarkably different things that at some other point in time, I'm happy to unpack. <laughs> well, uh, we do have you on every year to talk about goals. It's uh, kind of been a
2: tradition. And I'm glad that we caught you about halfway through the year to talk about this. And yes, we should have you on again, perhaps before the end of the year to talk about uh, intentions and intensely uh,
5: intentional and intentionally intense
2: and being intense. All right, JT, let's uh, go kill the day. It is morning when we're doing this. So uh, we have lots of we have lots of things to do today. So thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, If somebody wants to get in touch with you and talk more, what's the best way?
5: Uh, you can give me a call. Direct line is 864-315-8998 or by email at jt and the number one at tworld.com. That's it. Thank you so much, JT. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you having me, buddy.
1: Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Boom. Welcome back, everybody. And this week for our Deal of the Week, we have Maylee Miles. She's from uh, Transworld Business Advisors of Utah County. And you just closed a
6: very nice deal. Tell us a little bit about the business you just sold. Yeah, so the business, the deal is closed at uh full price, $2.1 million. And um, the good thing about this business is the seller knows the buyer really well. Okay. And she's actually prefers this buyer over the other's buyer. We, we actually have... About two or three backup offers after this one, Wow. Month. But yeah, we... Lots well, we of power happy. working with the right broker, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess, yeah. Thank yeah.
1: you. So 2.1 million. What was the structure of the deal? Was it finance, seller
6: finance, bank finance? There is there is an SBA financing. It's uh, about 1.9. So the buyer actually owns another business. So he, he could actually do a lot more down payment, but he's just being strategic and smart. So he... Put down about twenty um, percent of the. And what industry was deal. it in? What type of business? It is actually combinations between fine dining and an outdoor adventure.
1: Oh wow! Yes. Super interesting. Good deal price, especially in fine dining. So, yes. before we wrap up, is there any like lessons you feel like the business owner learned through the process would be helpful to share with the audience?
6: Um, a lot of business owners, um, I feel like they, like we all know, they sometimes think their business is valued more than what we know yeah so it's it's a good lesson it's a i you know you have to give them um, the data and then because this is a unique i actually use a higher multiple but we can justify it because it's a very unique and it's been around for more than uh, almost three decades so wow so wow. yeah we yeah
1: it, a, awesome. it sounds like a really good deal good resolution
6: for both buyer and seller if someone wants to learn more about you or how to work with you in Utah, how can they reach out to you? They can reach out to me through my cell phone, 801-707-1957 or my email m miles at Tworld.com. Perfect. And we'll drop all that information in the show notes too. Millie,
1: congratulations on a great deal. Um, for, and some for some great sellers. Yeah. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about launching Transworld in different areas of the country. And I have to say, Jonathan, I have Jonathan Che with me from Transworld Business Advisors of
0: Oregon St- Central.
2: Oregon Central. I almost said Central Oregon, but <laughs> Oregon Central. And we were fortunate enough last year, my wife and I, to visit you and Holly in Bend. And oh, my, what an amazing place Bend is. But, you know, tell me about getting involved with Transworld and what's like launching in a smaller market like that. Yeah. So um, when I made
0: a career change, I looked at a lot of options and the one that rose to the top was Transworld. And um, so I live in a community where you've been there. It's gorgeous. I wanted to stay there. It has one hundred thousand in my city and in the community around there, about one hundred sixty thousand. Um, So uh, I didn't know much about business brokering, but I thought I had skills that could complement it. So we launched in our market, worried that maybe it was too small. Right. But, um, you know, uh, that didn't matter. I followed the playbook. Um, I did what the playbook said to market uh, the business. I hired agents right out of the gate, uh, like uh, we were taught. And then uh, we were able to scale uh, the business with agents. Sent them to training, and just basically followed the playbook. And got a lot of support from Transworld and other owners. And now uh, we have ten agents in a market uh, that we thought uh, was too small to begin with. So
2: and a multi-million dollar producer.
0: Yeah, so I don't think it's the market so much. I think the brand and the support that we get really helps us to succeed. Because when I started, I couldn't spell business broker.
4: Right, you know? none of us could, right?
0: <laughs> but the process works and it's a great organization and I'm grateful to be a part of it. And thank you for sharing it with the rest thank
2: of you. us. You guys are great. I mean, all you have to do is you want to see what they're doing, follow Holly Shay on uh Anything on any social media. She's fabulous at telling your story. And, you know, if you want to extend your story a little bit, you decided to expand beyond that now. We
0: did. Um, We sold a business uh, to our partner who's now in Columbus, Ohio. And I sold her business, wanted her to be an agent. And then uh, we decided to go into business together in Columbus. So that market is starting to take off. And um, I think uh, she will be on stage next year.
2: Yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. So you guys have done a great job. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Thank job, you guys.
0: for sharing Transworld. All right,
2: buddy.
1: Welcome back, everybody. And I am standing with Dion Hartzwortzov. She is the founder, co-founder of Transroll Business Advisors in Utah County, Utah. And we're asking everybody today, Dion, tell us your launch story. How did you
7: launch your area? It's actually a pretty funny story. We consider ourselves accidental entrepreneurs. We, Both my business partner and I, Art, who happens to be my husband, had corporate um, careers. And when Art left his last position, he decided he didn't want to work for someone else again. And we were approached by a franchise broker and Art said, and they said, "Have you ever thought about buying a franchise?" And we said, "No." And I looked at Art and I said, "We are not buying a carpet cleaning business because we'll end up cleaning (laughs) carpets." And then we heard about Transworld, and we realized that with my background in finances, background in risk management, and accounting, that it was a really good fit for a way to for us to help small business owners, which we really liked, along with using our skill set to help them successfully sell their businesses and We actually bought our territory from another owner. So it's been great to have that partnership with them because they helped us when we got started. And I can honestly say we would not have been able to get to where we are today without the Trans World brand. Yeah. It's a great story.
1: I love how you brought in your past experience to
7: find something that would really
1: suit you. But also, one thing that I tell business owners, too, not to forget about, is pick something you're going to love to do every day. Yes. Because you don't want to clean carpets, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's certain people that want to do more type of manual labor. Your background and experience, much more lending towards business consulting and working in small business. Absolutely.
7: Absolutely. So, So how long ago was that? So we bought the business in 2016. Actually, at the time I was running a housing nonprofit, So Art was on his own for about a year. And I'm going to say this loud and clear. This is not a one-person gig. And after about a year and a half, he was begging for mercy. I joined him full-time, and we haven't looked back. You haven't looked back. You've been a huge
1: contributor to your office, not only, but also the corporate brand. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dion, for joining us on The Deal Board. Thank you, Jeff. Welcome back, everybody. And today is on the deal board. As you know, we're talking about founding stories and how some of our franchisees got started in their areas. Um, And I'm very excited to have a good friend and franchisee with me, Steve Hansen from uh, the Southern California area, San Diego proper. So um, Stephen, tell us a little bit about how you got started. You and Marshall as partners got started in your office. How did you become part of Transworld?
3: Jessica, thanks so much for having me on on the podcast today. Uh, it's great being here at the BrokerFest. Yeah. So we started uh, 12 years ago. My partner, Marshall, first started the business. I've known Marshall over 30 years, and I joined him a few years later on. So we were one of the first franchises we were. with the yeah. group, and my gosh, it's grown so much. I know. And it's so, you know, one of the big things I can think of that's changed is just all of the support we get, all the things from the ad fund. You know even you know how Sydney works versus the old salesforce uh, yeah. platform we had so over all these years we've been able to really grow with transworld we've added three agents to our business uh, continue to grow and we were in a position you know early that we you know came in that we had a lot of competitors ahead of us yeah. people who had been well established and by using the tools that we've been given Slowly but surely, all the things we talked about today with the ad fund, using social media, digital marketing, even those good old drop letters, yeah, get, get yeah. out there get my exercise somehow or other. They've all worked to put our uh, put us up really in the top of our mark- market now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you guys have done a great job and consistent growth. Twelve years, one of the starters and founders of the brand. I guess, like you, Steve, looking at it, how do you think your growth as an office? has helped um, impact your local community and the business owners that you serve?
3: Well, you know, I think they they tend to look at us um, as a resource. Yeah. We network a lot with uh, other professionals in our area, lawyers, CPAs, all types of people that sellers and buyers may want to know and, get, yeah. and have, that, have those resources. And they can look to us. They have now kind of learned to call Steve, call Marshall, call one of us, and say I need a I need a divorce attorney. You know, yeah. I hope they don't need that, but yeah. you know whatever. But you have one in just a case. We <laughs> have all those people and resources for them that go beyond just uh, a banker and getting a deal done. And I think that gives us uh, some other credibility. Yeah. And they look at us, yeah, some, as part of the community. Yeah. And we get involved, and we get involved with different organizations. We all of us contribute to some degree to a nonprofit. Yeah. And uh, it makes a difference.
1: Yeah. True pillars of the community. Well, Stephen, it's been great working alongside you as a franchisee for the last, you know, 12 plus years, 10 plus for me. Um, You've done great work in San Diego North. If someone's listening right now to the podcast or watching and they're in your area and would like to get in touch, how can they reach you?
3: Well, very easy. You could call me anytime. My phone number cell is 858 699 3346 or email it, uh, shanson, H-A-N-S-O-N, at tworld.com. Awesome. I will take my phone call anytime.
1: Great. And we'll drop all of that information in the show notes. Steve, thank you for being on the Just show. You're always pleasure. welcome here. Always. <laughs> thank Thanks so
2: much. Good to see you again. You too. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are talking to people and how they got started in the trans world business. And there's no better story, I think, than Mark Lazarus who's been with us before Transworld was Transworld, right? right so why don't right. you
8: start there and just give us a little bit. Yeah. Just hold up the mic a little bit. I sold my business and I was looking for something to do and I was looking at franchise brokering and I wasn't so sold on that. But I found UFG had two different brands. They're called the Biz One Brokers and Franchise Mart. So I said, I like two bullets in my, my gun. So I joined that and it was interesting because UFG. They, I could see that were a good organization, but they weren't that great at the existing businesses. And when I heard that they were combining with Transworld, I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Right. That's going to be a great chunk. So,
2: so tell us about New Jersey. I mean, you've been growing it. You've been, you know, building it as you we go along. It's a suburb, quote unquote, of New York, but it's right. a pretty active place, right?
8: Oh yeah, I had my own business in Patterson, which I had sold. So I was very familiar with the area. actually had another sales position before. So I knew my way around and I was heavily into the industrial market. So I thought it would be a great place. And it has been, it's definitely like it's dense, a lot of businesses, a lot of small industrial parks and, and it's, it's been a lot of fun working that area.
2: Yeah. So what do you see looking into the future? I mean, We were just in a
8: presentation about stock sales, and I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, it's definitely stabilized. Like when I had my own manufacturing business, a lot of my clients were leaving and moving offshore and down south and to Mexico, but that seems to have stopped. So it's a lot more stable. So I think that we're we're in a good market. Like I see it getting better. I definitely see an improvement.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot reason. of opportunity out there, and I know you've been doing a great job in, in Patterson and the whole area of the North right. Jersey, and uh, I grew up there, so right. I, I, I love watching what you do there, so thank you for all you've done, and I really appreciate it, Mark. All right,
8: my pleasure. Thanks, brother. Okay, me. thanks.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody, and we are talking about how people launch the business, and I grabbed Bill Rowland from St. Louis West, and Bill... I mean, you have a unique story because you were already a business broker for many years and you decided to join Transworld. So just talk about that, like how, you know, when you decided to open your own firm and launch it with your family, which you've done a great job dragging your family along. Talk about how you decided to come aboard Transworld and how it's helped you launch.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So when we started, like I said, we had a lot of background in what we did. But we were looking for infrastructure. We were looking for everything that was there. We interviewed everybody out there about who we were going to go with. Right. And you guys were top notch. So from the beginning, when we were at training, we were getting leads to us at training. We didn't even know what to do with yet in the system. Right. So uh, the leads, the, uh, the drop cards, the mailings, you know, the original mailings that go out from corporate in the beginning, they were amazing. You know, right. you've seen it mail is back right Ma- mailing is working right now. now all right keep an eye on it right. it'll, it'll slow down sooner or later but the drop cards the mailings the uh the meetings the right. chamber of commerce meeting the bni meetings all of that just getting everybody out when right. you talk to somebody they love our industry right. they want to know what it's all about they're intrigued if you just talk to people and then you answer your phone you'll yeah. get
2: business. so i mean and You've made this a family affair. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh,
4: I am a I am partners with my son, my nephew, my admin who just came in is my little sister. <laughs> my father actually is one of our brokers, he's part-time, but he's All right. never gonna quit working. Right. And, and I need somebody to tell me everything I'm doing wrong, although he's only been doing it for That's right. Time. Well, he's been doing that all his <laughs> life, right? So he might exactly. as well keep going, right? So, no, it's, it's a great dynamic. Um, but then again, we've got, uh, I think, 11 brokers right now. Right. And, well, you know, one of our core values is treat everybody like family. Right. Uh, just like Transworld, some of us.
2: That's um, awesome. Bill, no, thank hard. you so much for joining Transworld. Hey. Thank you for all you're doing. You're doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks. We're happy to be here. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. i going to have Wendy Conway here from St. Louis. And so you just closed a very nice deal. Tell yes. me about it.
9: Yes, we did. Our office closed. We had an automotive center for sale. We listed it. Um, three months later, had a contract on it. Uh, buyer and seller worked very well together. They're, you know... Their relationship was really good, and we closed it six months later, and it was $1.3 million, one wow. our biggest deal.
2: Wow. Very yeah, nice. So. Was it making a lot of money? Yes. Uh, yes. Do you remember how much what the SD is? I do is? not. I don't,
9: I don't remember the numbers, but the-
2: it sold for a pretty good multiple, obviously. Sounds like a very established place, 1.3. Yes. Was the yes. real estate included as well?
9: There was real estate included. Excellent. Uh-huh. And it was a family business. So okay. it had been you know, going and, and it was funny. I told Bill, we went to closing and the two owners had their- uh, mechanics outfits on with grease on it. Right. So it was a whole group of us. So we got a really nice picture, but it just showed like a family business and you know, they were all really happy.
2: So. Nice. And was the buyer a young person?
9: Uh buyer was, um, not real young, but he had already purchased a few automotive okay, shops. Okay.
2: So it, this was an so, add on for yeah, him, right? An add-on. Excellent. So, yeah. so it sounds like good deals for good people. Absolutely. Did he finance it or did the sellers finance it?
9: Um, No seller financing, and it was SBA.
2: SBA loan, okay, great. Well, that sounds like a great deal for a business that wanted to expand, was able to expand using SBA loans. That's
9: right. Imagine that,
2: sounds like a great deal, Wendy. Wendy, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody else wants to do another deal?
9: Um, You'll call us at uh, 636-544-8422.
2: Excellent, thank you for coming on. Congratulations, great deal.
1: Thank you, thank you.
2: Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Mom?
4: Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon, spend less, smile more.